Hello and welcome to the Recommendation Game. You are listening to Dublin Digital Radio. I am Ricardo Deacon. And I am Orla McNeilis. This is a weekly podcast where we take turns to pick a movie that the other person hasn't seen and then we meet to discuss it. This week's film was chosen by Orla. It is The Investigation of a Citizen Above Suspicion. What a title. Uh, directed by even more fun in Italian <laughs> directed by Elio Petri produced by Marina Sisogna Daniel Senatore uh, screenplay by Elio Petri and Ugo Pirro starring Jean-Maria Volonte and Florinda Volcan music by Ennio Morricone cinematography by Luigi Cuvillier and edited by Ruggero Mastroianni Mastroianni my apologies. <laughs> Very good, though. Uh, the As always. Well, like, if I don't know the pronunciation, I will invent it <laughs> anyways. On the spot, though. It's always impressive. The it's synopsis uh, in uh, a long list of synopsis that seems to be written by people that hasn't seen the movie <laughs> is a highly regarded Italian police inspector murders his mistress only to become part of the homicide investigation that follows. The inspector proceeds to plant clues at the crime scene as his fellow officers either ignore or fail to recognize his obvious tampering. But all is not as it seems. While the killer may have an inside track on fabricating his own innocence, he also seems to be testing the competence and integrity of Italian law enforcement. That is besides the point completely. It's... um, It's, it's fine it um, sounds like the synopsis of the american <laughs> remake of the movie <laughs> it does oh my god the american remake of this Jesus. Yeah, uh, it'd probably be as bad as no, a secret in their eyes or something oh, that they'll completely no. miss the point of what the movie was about uh, a boot and <gasps> canadian no uh so orla why did you pick this movie because i missed fascists <laughs> I was thinking that. I was like, kind of, we made it two weeks. It felt longer than that, did it? How long has it been? Yeah, probably about two weeks. I don't know. Well, apparently all films are about fascism. Uh, well, certainly your movies made in Italy around this time are about fascism. Uh, yeah, I wanted to pick this earlier, but... Um, Obviously, we'd done so much fascism and, uh, you know, all, all along we'd done so much fascism. Sorry to clarify to, to viewers, uh, to listeners, we've done movies dealing with fascism. Me yes. and Orla don't go Our around actions, doing fascism. Our own facts are not, <laughs> wouldn't be classed as fascist. Um, uh, yeah, it was also like, you know, relatively similar to The Conformist as well. So um, I wanted to wait a while. And then as well, I picked The Circle Rouge and obviously it's the same, one of the same actors. So I thought I'd give it a bit of a break. But uh, yeah, I originally saw this on Mubi. Um, if anyone hasn't heard of Mubi, it's like an online streaming thing. Um, it's fantastic, but you know, back when I had money for such things. And uh, I literally just put it on, as it usually goes with Mubi, because a lot of the time it's stuff, you know, they tend to pick a very wide range of things. And a lot of the time it'll be something that you've never heard of. And I'd never heard of it, but the title was so cool, the poster was cool, and the description sounded great. So I just threw it on, and I absolutely loved it. Um, it you know, it, it very much sounds like my kind of thing as well. But um, uh, I knew nothing, and still kind of know nothing really, about about the director. Uh, but I think it's kind of funny that this won the the Academy Award for, for Best Foreign Language Film, which is kind of interesting. And I think this is, seems to be the only movie that was ever really seen, like, in America or kind of outside of Italy, outside of very kind of, like, a, 
uh, intense Italian cinema circles. Um, but I definitely want to watch more of his anyways. But um, I think this is an interesting, it's an interesting study on the nature of power. And I think in particular, obviously, institutional power, political power, like use of fear and like the historical context for this is obviously very interesting. But I think even within the power relationship between him and her, like the yeah. the flashbacks of this are some of my favorite parts of the film because when it begins, um, you you're kind of looking at as the female character and you're I was very curious, you know, what are they gonna do with this character? Um But uh I really what I love about this is it's it's the kind of backwards procedural element of it. And kinda you're watching him uh he's kind of moving through his like deception and how he's sort of like building his alibi in real time. And planting things, and and I really really enjoyed that. And it's kind of like you're you spend most of the film, I think, like and even afterwards, sort of trying to work out what everyone's game is, as it were. And the word game is used quite frequently, and I think it's very interesting. Um, I also like that there there are no sympathetic characters in this. Um, like I don't think even the um, the what do you call it, the subversives or whatever, are are sympathetic. And I find that quite interesting because I think the director is is notoriously incredible leftist. But um, despite having no real sympathetic characters, I was incredibly interested in in the story and interested in the characters and interested in how the whole thing was unfolding. Uh, I think part of that is is the very interesting like conflicted main character. Like, and his performance is just I think fabulous. But uh, like it's almost as much like a character study as anything else. And I thought that was kind of interesting after Persona. And within, like, entire scenes, he's moving across a range of emotions. And between being brutish and being very sly and manipulative and and then, like, it's it's quite fascinating. And a lot of the time, you're not entirely sure what is a front and what's not. And I find that very, very interesting. Because I, I, he's kind of Hannibal. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, he is and he isn't. And I think ultimately he's not. But... It's very interesting to to watch his like what are his his weaknesses, what are his motivations, and uh, obviously like the visual style, the soundtrack is amazing. Um, so yeah, I thought even if you didn't like this, I thought we'd have a lot to talk about because like I don't know if it's particularly subtle in its political <laughs> political. Uh, that, that was me choking on my. <laughs> but uh, I think that there, as a film, I think it's incredibly interesting. So um, I thought we'd have at least stuff to talk about. So Ricardo, what did you think of the film? Well, like uh, obviously, when you, as you mentioned, this is an interesting kind of counterpoint to The Conformist, uh, and as an Italian movie, which is the only second Italian movie that we've picked. For some uh, reason, I thought it was more. I don't know why. I feel like it was. Well, more. it's because I've been talking about picking Antonioni pretty well, much every true. week, and then I don't. Uh, why? But because I'm saving him, okay. 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 Um, but like. I do think that this movie uh, differs in a lot of ways to The Conformist and I don't want to spend too much time, at least like if you want to compare and contrast, okay? But I, well, I think that this yeah, film... Yeah, but they are different. But at the same time, I, I, it's still a similar-ish theme. So the, I want yeah, to that's the, 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 the... On its own terms, I really like this movie. Mm. But compared to Conformist, they're dealing exa- with very similar th- themes. And like you said, that this movie does not have any subtlety whatsoever on it on it and i think that 
in a way the perhaps uh, as a as a viewer this is a more enjoyable movie but the conformist there's more yeah, yeah. Uh, the the conformist there will be a lot more to unpack and think about and like uh, even rewatching it after i had already seen it it lingered more in my in my imagination and in my mind that this movie did mm. uh, that's why i think it's a bit unfair also to uh, to be comparing it throughout because what this movie does is well and it also came out a year before the conformance so yeah, there's yeah. like i can't even say that it's copying the conformance let's say but it's like the, even the visual style is kind of like nearly getting there but not as outlandish and like sultry as oh, the I much prefer the, this to visually I, I th- than the conformance no i think that it is the same pro- it's across the board the the when comparing them is that the conformance swings for the fences this is like they made what they thought that they could make. Well, the conformist is what great cinema is for me, even when it's not as accomplished as something like this. Mm. Is when they try to make something that they don't know if they can make it when they start making it. You know, yeah. uh, even like the the don't think, police yeah. inspector uh, character in this movie, he's far more interesting. Let's say in the surface level than uh, Nino, I think is the character in the conformist. I can't remember the, his character oh, name yeah. now. But whatever his name, the main character and the conformist is very much alike. They don't know what their motivations are. They work within the system, but why, what the intentions are, etc. You never really know. You're out, You're watching them as an outsider rather mm. than like there's no interior monologue that you can hear really. You know you. But at the same time, it's the genius of both films that you're never surprised by their actions either. It's not yeah. that they don't have an internal logic. It's that you just don't see it until it happens, you know? But like I said, it's that in the first watch, this is more accessible. Well, the conformist, the character is far more interesting when re-watching it and thinking afterwards because there's a lot more mystery in him mm. but also a lot more layers that like there's mystery in him here but the conformist the only, is like <laughs> but like the only mystery is the here, pastry why of, uh, he's doing it yeah well and the conformist is like everything else it's, it's not only why he's doing it, it's like his relationship to every single person that he speaks to you don't know what the relationship is entails what is going on in his head but without further ado going back to this movie um <laughs> When I saw in the credits saying, because the credits open with no music mm. and it says like, because I watched it uh, coldly. Okay. Like I didn't read about it. I just knew the title kind of thing. And it goes like any Morricone soundtrack. And I'm like, yes, Such whatever else soundtrack. I'll be in a, on a, like it's a treat. And then the soundtrack started and I fucking hated the soundtrack. <gasps> Whoa! Um, and that's the only time that I've said that about Whoa. an Ennio Morricone soundtrack. The boings, like, and he's like famous for like introducing oh weird soundscapes into his soundtrack. So, like, I, I, I even like the the fucking. <laughs> I'm so shocked, really. Yeah, like I even like the the now now from a, a fistful of dynamite the or once upon a time in the revolution, which is my preferred title, or the well, uh, fistful of dynamite. Yeah, like that's the title released in Europe in uh, in in Italy was once upon a time in the revolution and in that's America great. that's such a better title yeah because it's part of the trilogy as well it's once upon uh, a time in the west once upon a time in the revolution and once upon a time in America yeah. and in America 
typically the title of Once Upon a uh, of Fistful of Dynamites is Duck You Sucker, <laughs> which is like the the last uh, uh, Sergio Leone movie that people forget that there's there's two trilogies. They p- think that it's five movies. But going back to the soundtrack, the the Boings uh, oh, just got me. Oh going. my god. But, Watching on the on the that first. That's really absurd. Yeah, but the rest of the soundtrack is great. Out. But then every time that that theme kicks in, which is the main theme yeah. of the movie, it's like I'm just waiting for like it was distracting. I'm just waiting for oh. the the weird. It, it sounds you know like it, 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 I don't know if you remember in Jackass that there's a whole bit that they're just like flicking like a door stopper that looks like a penis. They they flick and it goes doing, and, oh, and then just but like. And it's, it takes like two minutes, but it, it wasn't only that it was like, oh, remind, remind me of Jackass, it's that it's a bit of like one bit of instrumentation, never had this in the score, one little bit of instrumentation. Every time that the sound came in, I'm like, oh, like taking out of the moment because then I'm, every time that the song was on, the, the, the theme would kick in, I'd be like, ah, uh, where here comes the boing here go <laughs> boing it, uh, it just keeps going then it's like okay oh, there's no. another one coming. but like that's the, so disappointing but the themes when he's like just like strutting through the through oh, the police so station great. or whatever okay that's like, fine i thought good. you hated the whole thing uh, no no not and the entire I was about score to lose no. all faith and possibly no. walk out uh the, <laughs> the other thing about this movie is that like uh i had like it's a weird thing because I hadn't recognized uh, Jean Maria Velade, even though we read the title. No, but when we watched uh, Les Corps Rouge, yeah, is that like I recognized him in this movie because like I know him from A Fistful of Dollars and A Fistful yeah, of Dynamite. He's like weirdly thin or something in Les Corps. Yeah, yeah, though. yeah. That's why and I maybe and... maybe because it was French as well. Because uh, I'm yeah. used to seeing him anyways in uh, dubbed over because like in a fistful of dollars and for a few dollars more yeah. he's dubbed over because it's an American movie, well like it's an Italian whatever but he's done a lot of like exploitation Italian movie like uh, it's great like uh, uh, spaghetti westerns and giallo movies and when this movie started I thought it was a giallo movie and <laughs> I was like what the fuck did Orla just make <laughs> not say like in a bad way i was kind of like intrigued by it and i think that it's it's good that it, in a way that the director like uh, the decision of the director to do it that way because it prepares you for something completely different than the movie That's is definitely definitely did it in purpose and uh like i like i said i really like this movie uh but at the same time i do think that it, it the it's parts individual parts are better than the film as a whole yeah um like i said it's the it's a film that is very well executed but i think that it just uh, for for beginnings i i didn't particularly like the ending and i think it like it loses its convictions as the movie goes on and also loses a bit of traction because once you get to like the the tie scene really like the midpoint yeah i think uh, it falls a little in the middle yeah. uh, but i think for me anyways i think it gains it back very much in the last the very final not even like the final scene but um the the flashback uh, the dream sequence yeah, yeah like yeah i'm assuming i think thinking dream sequence but um even before that i think it starts to because i think he, he's, he's very very skillful at keeping things moving and building back up tension and momentum yeah. and i think that he manages to do that in the very very end but yeah the whole tie thing was about obviously as, as a kind of a sign of his unraveling is 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 interesting i suppose but it does fall a little in the middle and that's kind of disappointing although i do very much like um 
whenever he goes in and your man's there with the ties and like yeah. looks at him and he's like yeah but then whenever he's leaving and he's just like what <laughs> so great that's what i mean that like he, the moment by moment i don't have any issues with him mm. like, but when you lay it out like, yeah. yeah there's like awesome scenes in there like uh for me uh, one of the issues as well is that so much of it is focused on the plots and the best moments is when it's like just the uh, how fucked up it is outside the plot when they're just have like a five minute conversation about the number of graffiti they have across oh, Rome. that it's like oh we had like 500 uh stalins we had uh, so much of this. So great. Uh, that is where the guy is like oh this year we had 25 fuck stalin which obviously we don't wash out <laughs> and, <laughs> And um, I liked also the, the, the whole idea of like uh, the allegory for power. Not allegory, it's not uh, being the incorrect word. It's really like a, a very biting satire. It's almost like a comedy. It, yeah, uh, it is. It's def- I think satire is the right word. And I think that almost more on the idea of power and power across every movement yeah. or everything rather than, I mean, obviously fascism is in this, but that's why I think it's kind of weird because I don't feel like he is, he's attacking just fascism in general i feel like he's kind of attacking power and like he's attacking the 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 right and the uh the law systems of italy at the time that Mm. is the 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 idea that like even the 70s and that's why like films like the conformist and other italian movies at the time were so like even leone is all about anarchy and like being against systems and such because it was so ingrained and Italian political life that is like two systems that you're fighting the the mob and the police that you can't fucking be one or the other it's like the extremes and they're both fucking right wing and if you're going left it's like really (laughs) communism like there's no center yeah uh, to hold but like him and uh, uh, Maria Volonde are also like Maria Volonde was like an important activist at the time as well for leftist cause which is funny for the character he's playing but that like in a way he is almost the truest subversive yeah. in a way like he's kind of really the revolutionary which is like in a sort in his own kind of warped way and like he i don't think he would ever see it that way but that's what i kind of like about his character because i do agree with you that i think the character in the conformist is is more layered but um i just i really enjoy just watching his face and so much of this film is very very tight extreme close-ups on his face like he's really carrying it on his expressions and even like just his his general um his general body movements because he has that real like you know bravado walk reminded me and reminded me of bart lancaster in the leopard that is like almost animalistic that you're leopard yeah leopard (laughs) Leopard? No, it's because uh, that's an Italian. Leopard. It's because it's Italian, so the title is actually mm. Leopardo. Okay. But, um, I'm guessing. Uh, <laughs> no. But like, even like posture-wise, it's like the 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 weird thing that with the conformist as well. That there's so much about the way that they walk mm. and move and stuff. But like, to to begin, his performance is the most like cartoonish Italian performance in an <laughs> Italian movie that I've I ever seen. It. Like everything is like that, that little like grabbing the, the, the four fingers together going like, oh, it. like complaining to the referee in a football match, just grabbing <laughs> people's cheeks and shouting and drinking but wine. But he's so and, like threatening in it though. Yeah. I love how he like grabs the back of their head and stuff yeah. and he holds them for just too long and they're there with a mixture. It's that idea of like, you know, I have to put up with this because like, you know, he's the boss or whatever and like they're at this, this, them, like how long they kind of leave it and it feels really uncomfortable 
And I also love how like uh, his character is only named as police inspector. That yeah. It is, it, he remains nameless. She never. Yeah. She never says his name. Like I. Oh, I love. Like I absolutely love the flashbacks and like her phone conversation. She's great. Yeah. She's fabulous. I really, really liked her because when when you first see her, you're like. Ugh. You know, and it's like, oh, she's like the hippie and she's got all her plants and like, you know, inexplicable wealth. Yeah. And it's like, so does evil. But as like unfolds, like, and you see the kind of like their strange power play relationship. Yeah. And oh, it's so, she's fantastic. I loved her. And uh, I, I love when he goes in, like, I got so confused because at one moment uh, when he goes in and goes like any sign of an orgasm. Oh, yeah. And I was like, all oh, male orgasm. I was like thinking that it was like, can you check post morning? <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. That's so funny. Oh, that's kind of funny. Because in movies they go like, "Oh, is there any semen or something?" Yeah. That nobody I goes don't know. Like, maybe that's how they phrase it, or maybe it's just a bad translation or something. No, no, like be like a be the the correct translation. It's just how they would say it. Yeah, yeah. but it's a. So it's because you forget that it, it's like, kind of it, it, it's the flowery way of saying yeah. it. Really, isn't it? It's kind of funny. Yeah, but it's also like the weird thing that like uh, societal way that like usually when the word orgasm is used it's referring to the female orgasm yeah and it's not very clinical either yeah. you know what I mean like in that kind of context you would expect them to say yeah. like or semen is there or any whatever semen or yeah. he come all over that's, her face that's quite, that's quite funny though because it's kind of if you read it like that it's as if he's kind of asking like did I play? Did, yeah, did, did she have a good time? Um, yeah. Before I killed her. And then I was like, oh, Jesus. I know that the 70s had weird science, but <laughs> did they have like a procedure to check? Like, uh, that's very funny. I like the, the, the sense of Rome and such, like the, the film creates. There's a very particular sense of space, but also. Like almost like a fake version of Rome, if you like. Yeah, it's never really named as Rome. It's kind of, yeah. it's just a sort of a general Italian metropolis. It's not, it's not very specific. They never like even like the the incredibly amazing building of the police headquarters. Yeah, with the fucking blue neon lights. Oh my god, it's amazing. But um, um, even even within that that building like there's no sort of allusion to exactly where it is which yeah. I think is probably done on purpose but um fucking yeah. brutalist architecture oh, to the just, max I love like her apartment and I love his apartment like the oh hole why, why do you have a hole in your parking garage <clears throat> why do you have a hole in the ceiling in your parking garage why not why do you have a hole in the park in like to the basement of the police station so that you could have that cool shot record <laughs> <laughs> oh i love the playstation so much it's, it's all like it's all like dark and weird and like yep. tunnels and like the thing we go down into like the archive and everything and it's just, it's so 70s i love it and i made me think of the conversation as well obviously but like it's just the yeah. and it's so uh italian 70s idea yeah. that like the 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 guy gets promoted promoted from being head of homicide that in any other country is like that's where you want to be like yeah. in the, to the head of the political division oh yeah that it, it's like that's how fucking like to deal with subversives and whatnot but then it's like he has a hand in every cookie jar because he can just say oh yeah that's a political murder and be involved yeah the guy that replaces him uh made me think so much of Kieran Hines that I was oh my just God, going yeah. like, is it, what's Italian Kieran Hines doing here? <laughs> Italian Kieran Hines. I 
really like him. Um, yeah, like, I just love like the his interactions with um, with everyone he kind of works with, and like whenever he goes into like um, is it the commissioner? What's his name? I think it's the commissioner. Yeah, the the, the guy, guy that's like, like over him basically. Yeah, the the, um, the guy that lo- out Italians. <laughs> The most Italian man ever. Like, <laughs> I just love whenever he goes in, he's just like, you know, oh, I don't know if I should mention that I had that affair with her. I don't know. What do you think? He's going to sit there kind of looking at him like, you know, I'm so nonchalant. What do you think? And he's just like, go now, go now. No, no, not only does he say go now, is the Jean-Marie is going like, oh, do how can I say this? It, like, they, it looks like they're speaking out of their shoulders because they're like, their necks are just like becoming fucking, what you call it, uh, when they, they in, ingrown necks that it's like, oh yeah. Ingrown necks? I don't know. Their shoulders are about to come out of their ears. But, the, the, your man is like fucking going like, oh, the police inspector is like, oh, I don't know if I should say it, whatever. And your man is like, Ciao. <laughs> yeah, Fuck like, off. Are no. you, are you re- really? No, he just goes, Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> Literally, it's like, what the fuck? Did, did they, like, it looks like everybody got, like, pulled out of central casting, like, for, like, <laughs> the, like an Italian, like, fucking Domio or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> but somehow makes it way creepier. Even, like, the mustache of the, the guy that is just below him, the, oh the, the useless detective, the, like, it, follow him around but at the same time it's like he's so useless that he probably doesn't know what's going on kind of thing yeah i think he doesn't know what's going on um yeah like i that's that's why i think satire is the best is the best word for it because he really is like targeting so many elements of italian like very much of the time but then just of like italian history and like society in general and it's just fantastic there's so many odd moments, like when he's tearing it's off the ties. It's quite surreal, like it's it's so, but like just tinging on surreal, like yeah. not even just like obviously the mad dream. It's not Buñuel or something. No, but like just even the way it's shot and everything, like it, everything is just tightened and and uh, just a little bit too tight, a little bit yeah. too claustrophobic, a little bit too. He's too Italian. He's too aggressive, and then whenever he's upset, he's too upset, and yeah. like. You know, it's it, but everyone is like that. That's you know, like she is too. She's too aggressive as well. She's too. She's just just a little bit too into their like sex games and. Yeah, you know, everything is fucking turned to fourteen. Yeah. It's not even eleven. It's like no. eleven is like way in the fucking rear view mirror of the car. I love that that scene as well when they see. She's like uh, on one of the flashbacks. There, it's like you can commit any crime. Just drive through this traffic light, and then the coffers are following him. It's like show him the badge and be rude to him. <laughs> it's so, it's just so fabulous because it's like, it's like you're watching it and you kind of think think that it's like, oh, he just turned, you know, like, or she turned where you know she's completely submissive to him, and then like in the end she stands up to him, and then but it's not that because like she draws him in and is like controlling him as much as he is attempting to exert power over yeah. her but never at any point is he really in control like she's oh, sort she of, just wants to destroy him little yeah. by little and it's fucking great yeah like because <laughs> he's her, like she don't call the... me a child like, oh, you're, like you're a little child. boy you're a little boy i bet you still wet the bed and like she's so aggressive and oh it's just fantastic 
Oh, she's just she's so good. She's just some of the gr- the great greatest lines in it as well, where she's just like where he's like, you know, I could kill you with my bare hands, and she I don't know exactly what she says, but she's like, oh, aren't you the brave man? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you'd run the investigation. And then she's fucking Robert Sheehan upstairs at the same time. <laughs> Robert Sheehan. <laughs> The pictures of that guy whenever he's like protesting are like my favorite thing because there's one of them that looks quite authentic and then the rest of them are terrible. Yeah, like so like in seventies Photoshop that is literally just cutting like <laughs> copy and paste, like literally copy and paste. Nah, not computer copy paste. Is, no, no, is that you copy you photocopy a picture and then you paste it somewhere? It's so funny. It's like completely different contrast in the black and white as well. Oh, so good. Particularly liked uh, mentioning that character, the, how uh, it would have been the easy choice to make the inspector wanting people to like to frame somebody else and just keep doing it. Like if he became a serial killer because he liked killing and whatever. Yeah. He's like beyond his point is that he's so beyond suspicion that he can yeah he himself, wants to go as far as yeah. he possibly can because it's so wrapped up in his own ego and inadequacy yeah. and like oh it's just so interesting and um yeah they like the whole thing with with her husband as well and how he's just like the guy is innocent <laughs> like for god's sake when you come off of him and move on to someone else like it's it's just and like how he becomes more and more desperate as it goes on um and obviously like we talked about how like the bit with the ties doesn't really quite work but I quite, I quite enjoy watching him yeah. unravel because he's still... But I don't think he unravels. No, maybe unravel. Whatsoever. Unravel is the wrong I don't word, think that, maybe. Like, the, the, the record wants you to to think that he's unraveling, but then with the flashback, it's kind of like everything is part of the, the plan that even like he's playing this character now. Yeah. So for the confection to work, like he has to plant the clues that he's unraveling even for everybody else to see, you know, kind yeah. of thing. But um, with the ties as well, I fucking lost my shit when he's like uh, tearing the tie to flush it down. And then he just turns around and there's like this construction worker just, <laughs> just like looking, looking through. Him, he just closes the window. I love like, just for like small incidental characters, I loved his maid. Yeah. Because she's just like, she's just like, well, you must have two of those ties because there's one of them in your shoe. <laughs> and then he just goes back to cleaning and he's just like, go away now. And she's like, I'm not done. <laughs> Oh, and it's like, oh, put in the, the little loafer thing yeah. that he has to use. Yeah. But I, I would watch a whole sitcom with just the two of them, like, and their daily interactions. You know what I mean? Because he's just like, she's just fantastic. Um, yeah, I was just kind of curious, like, what exactly your interpretation of the ending was. I don't think it's quite as, as ambiguous as it's, I, it's not an made. ambiguous whatsoever. Yeah, because, like, it's funny, like, watch, like, reading reviews of this afterwards and kind of being like, huh, I didn't really find it that. Can, you know and people being very very confused by it and I was like you have not seen an ambiguous ending <laughs> like seriously but uh, I can imagine how because this is so accessible how like people who don't tend to watch very like yeah. ambiguous films or you know more art house films and watching this and being quite entertained by it because it is you know it's a it's a it's a very fun movie it's and a then romp. yeah and then getting to the end of it and being like Ooh. but um I don't think it's ambiguous but um I think it's definitely you know there it is you know like open to several interpretations nah, i think i think no. that there's a one interpretation that is like he wakes up and then it's that you realize his thought process and it's how he's played it to the hilt let's say that he yeah. has been like thinking about every step of the way that he has done literally, yeah. and being able to predict correctly the reactions of everybody else 
So like the ending is basically going, this is what I think is going to happen based on like everything like that you can imagine him ha- having had those thoughts for every single interaction before in the movie. Mm. And then when the people come into the room to I have the conversation, I think what really... it's kinda, you don't know where it's going. Like it could be that he was wrong in that moment. Yeah. Like it's ambiguous to see if uh, if he's going to get punished or not. Yeah. But the the but that's not really an ambiguous ending no, in the sense really. of an but I think it's that what kind of shows that even though he's kind of predicting what's going to happen based off of you know like what the way that the system works and the way that you know he's being completely facilitated by all these people the whole step of the way and every step of his career never mind in this case um, but at the same time isn't completely sure what's going to happen is the fact that he still packs the suitcase yeah. and whenever he wakes up from his like you know imagination or whatever he, the suitcase is still there yeah so because he has to pack the suitcase because it's part of the character he yeah, has yeah. to leave appear to be like complete contrition that, that's the thing is that like oh, if contrition, he did, good word like if he doesn't if he like at that moment if he's now being over the top going I want to confess mm they will go, oh, okay, maybe you should confess. But the problem is because he will reveal so much in his confessions that they have to go like, no, 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 no. It's bad for the country. You know, that kind of thing. Because if well, you're... It's better for them to have him where he comes across as having all this guilt and that rather than... Because obviously, like, the other the other side of that is that the guy's just a sociopath. Yeah. And it's like, in their minds... But they're all sociopaths. Oh, well, yeah. But, like, in their minds, it's like, which which is the worst version of him, you know, when they know what he's done. Yeah. And, like, clearly have known. And he also has like, dirt on everyone because yeah. he, he mentions that, like, I can bring down <clears throat> anybody I want because I have everything recorded. I have everything. Yeah. Like, even when he fucking rings the reporters, like, yeah, we have your phone taped. <laughs> I love that. I love that though. Whenever um, the reporter guy then as well, he's just like, "What are you talking about? I know it's you." <laughs> he's just like, <clears throat> whenever he leaves, he walks in the car and he's like, "What is going on?" He's kind of like, he's almost like the audience, you yeah. know what I mean? Where he's just like, "What?" <laughs> you know, he just kind of goes, "Fuck it," and strolls off. It's like, oh, I love their, I love their relationship as well. Like at the start, whenever um, after he comes out of her house, like, oh, I love that. Whenever they go like. Oh, the whole thing whenever they're having the champagne and everything and it's like oh we must go to what are, what's the name of the apartment building again Tempio Del Uno or whatever it is <laughs> like, and they like march down like on their horses you know it's just oh it's fabulous after interrogating a guy about a completely <laughs> different crime but like in the middle of the of a, the what office party it's so anarchic oh. that's a hockey he's like going from room to room going and then and then is the moment that after like months obviously or like at least weeks prior to like getting a commission like that just to get organized to get to a new office or whatever it's not mm. like overnight that you're in the new office that he decides to go and he starts calling people it's like you're coming with me it's like <laughs> fucking oprah it's like you get a car you get a car you, you get, get to get catch them you get to catch the persons uh, <laughs> you get to go look at graffiti can i also get to the fact why i don't like the ending of this movie oh yeah well? sorry 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 yeah is that I take that for one getting into his mind completely kind of like the, the, the conviction of the, the movie is precisely the mystery of the character, you know, that you mm. can see the even in their own small way how everybody else is approaching the situation, but not him. Like that's yeah. the the whole point of the movie. And just 
being revealed, but it's just kind of, yeah, too neat for what the movie was trying to do. But also that I felt like it's a, it, like it felt like a very nothing ending for me, as in the uh, not only there's no for me both story wise and you know that I don't have any issues with ambiguous endings yeah. or whatsoever. It's just that it didn't feel like an ending. I felt that the film just like petered out as in that like uh, if you're fucking typing in the typewriter and you just run out of ink and then like no. that f- that sentence is your last I sentence. I felt like it felt like quite a climax coming to coming to like it, because obviously it has the whole incredibly heightened thing and then like, he wakes up or whatever and you're like you know, maybe uh, he could have asked uh, was there a climax hey <laughs> um but no, I kind of love that then that whenever and it's like whenever he brings them in and everything and like that he puts down the the shades and everything and it's like you know it, I don't know I, I liked it because it felt rather than um, revealing everything and then also as a kind of a like this is a sort of like the ending of this scenario but that you know nothing has changed whatsoever you know what I mean like there's no implication we don't know of how much this is going to affect his life yeah. But at the same time, we know that the anarchic spirit of that police station is not going to change. We know that like yeah. their methods. So I kind of like I liked the ending. Uh, I didn't. I didn't feel that it was that it kind of came to nothing. No, I thought that it would have been like kind of that after the confession, he would have pushed it even further because it's where the character is going. You know, like that is like okay, I've confessed all the crime. Now I'm gonna flee. Because they go, you have to go to the apartment. It's the only time that he follows instructions in the entire movie. Yeah. It doesn't... Like, I'm not saying that it needed, like, an action scene, you know? But I thought that would have been more interesting since he wants to be captured. Mm. Like, in the sense of, like, at least confronted. There would have been something like that. Okay, I'm going to try to flee Italy or something. And then he gets stopped over. And then they're, like, having this farce that is, like, oh, you're getting stopped over because, like, a registration or something. The character is, like, yeah. this is bullshit or whatever. And then they all show up and he already... You could even have the dream, in the sense, if you wanted, like, that he's just sitting there, like, in the police station. Like, like where the frontier in the Day of the Jackal, where they have to pull him over and, like, <clears throat> to check the jackets or whatever near Nice. Remember? Yeah. Like, something like that that is, like, you just... Taken aside, yeah, and that he has the dream. It would have given it a little bit, but I think at that point it's kind of lost the, t- not well, it's lost it, but not necessarily in a bad way of, of um the sort of the tension of whether or not he's going to get caught because at that point you kind of know that it's never really no, never- but like I, I I'm not arguing with that. Like okay. I'm arguing that like for his character, he should be keep pushing it. Yeah, that is like he's pushing it throughout that is like he's not afraid of the confrontation of somebody talking to him about it so like he's pushing and giving more clues that it's him he keeps going like it's me it's me look at me (laughs) yeah but it goes pretty crazy but that's the the issue is that doesn't like then suddenly he just goes and fucking they tell me oh just go to your apartment and he's like okay i'm in my apartment let let it be what it be you know Mm. is that for the entire part of film he's kind of trying to show his guilt as much as possible and see how much he can get away with it is that like imagine if he goes and he gets chased by police or whatever and then it's kind of like how do you would be even bigger like the cover-up or whatever Mm -hmm. that he's thinking that he's able to get away with 
Because, like, at the yeah, moment, th- and, like, those even, are the only people that know that it was him. Even trying to, like, cross a border or whatever yeah. and, like, make it into, like, a whole international thing. And then, yeah, I don't know. I I didn't really need that. And I what I love as well is, like... Like, I'm saying uh, what I... Like, I'm not saying that the film needed exactly that. Like, yeah, that would be needed, my... So, like, needed I needed a little bit more. yeah. Well, like... Like to continue where the character, like the journey of the character, it was the only moment that the character, that his decisions made no sense to me. Even within the fact that as a normal person, none of his decisions make any sense. But as no. like, but as that character <clears throat> and the logic of the character and the objectives of the character and what he's striving to do uh, in this movie, however fucked up it is, uh, it kind of reverts to going like, we need an ending kind of thing that's how i felt that it's like Mm. we need to end this movie somehow and for what it is it's okay it's not the worst ending in the movie like i'm not saying like some really good movies that we've watched that the ending has been terrible you know but i'm watching like our first movie weekend but (laughs) let's talk about like gender politics if you can what do you think like in its portrayal of women and sexuality and men it feels kind of like I know it is 1970 so it's not it's not incredibly ahead of its time but I think that she as a character is given an awful lot more to do than I was expecting for a film made in the yeah. 1970s I don't think that she is incredibly well rounded um, like because we're seeing her through his memories as well we have to kind of take I don't know if the filmmaker entirely intended it that way, so it's kind of hard to know whether she's supposed to be so heightened. Not just in the world of this movie, but within the world of his dreams, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there are cer- certain instances in, like, how she is just sex, you know what I mean? Like, even how, whenever she, like, pushes the sand into his mouth and everything, that um, she runs off and, like, goes and has sex with your man. You know, that's, that's like, that's her only solution. Love she? Yeah, that's her only solution. And then, like, in the end, she dies for it. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and to a certain extent, it feels like like she's being punished for not just being, kind of living up to the, like, fucked up idea that they have of the subversives, that they're just, like, you know, disgusting and, you know, they have no morals and, you know, that she she's just like a prostitute, basically. I think they, they call her a prostitute yeah. at certain points. Um, and that like in the end she kind of deserved to die and I think like it is quite it's a bit concerning I think that you don't feel a, a great deal of sadness when she is obviously at the, it's at the very start but even in retrospect whenever you see her in memories you don't really feel sad that she, sad died. That she died and that's kind of fucked up so I think it's it's not it's not perfect it's not great but I think that she is an interesting character and she felt real at the same time. Like, I felt, you know, I very, very much enjoyed their sparring. Yeah. Like, it's so quick. The dialogue like, is great. I disagree with uh, where the character is coming from. Maybe I'm giving the movie uh, more benefit than it deserves, let's say. Yeah. But I feel that, like, for one is that uh, her treatment as, let's say, the, the prostitute side of things, I think that is completely played off for the, the idea of... Uh, like two things also that to to mention beforehand that I thought uh, very relevant and interesting that for one she uh, is n- neither uh, b- 
born from wealth, but she's very wealthy. Mm. So, I mean, and also how when they are talking to her husband, who they say is a homosexual and they're abusing him for it, that he used her to advance his career. Mm. So she's already like the most independent fucking like female character that you can have, let's say, in the 70s movie, let's say, uh, in the overview that if uh, of a dead character, let's say. In the beginning of the movie no like as in the, if you didn't have the flashbacks because mm. you haven't seen the character the spec sheet let's say of the character is that's fairly independent you know yeah and then when you have like uh, jean-marie volante coming in and the way that she manipulates him that he never has the power in yeah. that d- dynamic i think it's uh interesting it's a good counterpoint to his work as a police person in the idea of the of the uh the uh, revolutionaries or whatever is the the fact that even policemen think that they have the power but they never do yeah and it's the same way sexually the men always think that they have the power but they never do and it's because oh, nobody yeah. and, and it's purely because they think they have the power and they think that they're above the lot that they don't actually hold any power as soon as somebody realizes that mm. is like obviously if you're following that they mention all the time that it's like when i say something it becomes important because of what I mean. Mm. But the moment that the person that is you're speaking to doesn't believe in what you mean, no longer you hold any power. Yeah, You could torture them or whatever, but you can't b- break them. You, so even like the counter-revolutionaries, the, the two guys that you see the, 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 the change as well between uh, Robert Sheehan and the other guy. <laughs> The, the other guy breaks because he's in torture. The other guy is like, I don't care if you torture me. I don't care what you do to me or whatever. And even he knocks on the door and leaves without getting like permission, you know. Mm. And that was the only moment that like, he kind of lost control completely. The same way that... Across when, every element yeah. of his life, yeah. And the same way when uh, uh, she... And it's the only moment that he's truly... Like kind of because he was gonna let your man go anyways because he do, he doesn't want anybody to take it to fall for him mm. but he wanted to play around with his meal before like <laughs> like I don't know how that analogy ends uh, well, it's, I got play with it. food I got before it. I got like it. throwing up or something <laughs> uh, but yeah like the I think that it, it is like as a character per se like even though she's very independent and has like the power I don't think that there's an, an awful lot of uh, layers to her per mm. se but at the same time it's like why is she doing this how she became this person oh, why well, yeah 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 and even like her relationship to her husband yeah and, like i think bringing him in makes her more gives her another layer as well and so. also like the three layers of her sexual encounters the few things that you know about her mm. that is like you have one person that is homosexual and she's kind of like uh, Using him perhaps as a cover so she can live her own life, but also like furthering his career, like as it happened an awful lot when society was a lot more um, closed when it came to homosexuality and LGBTQ mm. rights and such. But also like the then she her two other uh, companions are people that think that they have all the power and are like like people important to society each uh in in, in the Within spectrum own, yeah and being able to manipulate both of them completely that even like almost playing that her uh, death 
in her that she's still in control of the situation strangely well, enough like in a lot of ways like because he's motivated by several things i think whenever he kills her and part of that is taking power back from her yeah and that and then like her death becomes like his you know like he owns her and everything that happens yeah. around it then whereas like up until that moment she brought him in like she you know and in the end really she like gave him the idea yeah so it's not even really his you know yeah. that it's like um he she weaseled into his head yeah. to prove that he's worse than anything else but because he's so fucked up yeah he really took it to heart you know what this movie made me think about a mm. lot oj oh my god Ugh. why because all the like fucking everything pointing to somebody but because it's that person uh, it becomes well, yeah, more yeah, yeah, yeah. like uh, the, the real world version of yeah. it, let's say yeah yeah okay and it becomes something like else obviously this him is as a represent representative for something that's almost like it, you can't bring it down and then obviously when we're mentioning fa- modern fascism i have to mention trump that there's like there was a lot of trump <laughs> i i i moments uh even strangely more so than usual yeah. because it's so farcical yeah that it's it's but you're watching it going this is a satire from the 70s and yet there are elements of this that kind like i mean inside that police playstation um i mean <laughs> they're playing that, fifa that's why i imagine what the white house is like yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? it's like he tried it again ah! and like they're all running around like half the people are on drugs. like in the most italian form of tortures ever it's like oh you da, 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 and uh, slapping them a bit and it's like <laughs> and then like bringing maggie haberman yeah. in kind of being like maggie maggie write this here i'll confess all my sins to you but my favorite moment in the entire movie uh uh, which won't be my favorite thing, but it's my favorite moment okay. in the entire movie is when they say that the photographs that they found in the room were amateurish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just oh, the look of oh, insult. Because it immediately cuts like him taking them then as well. And you can see the care and attention he's putting into it. But also like, with his Nikon camera. The, the little look, it was the only human <gasps> moment that he has in the entire movie. He's kind of like somebody that is so proud of this project that it's been going on for God knows how long. <laughs> But also, like, the fact that he doesn't have a wife or anything. that yeah. It's not that, like, it's incorrectly yeah, labeled mistress. mistress. Yeah, it's not a mistress. Yeah, and also she's divorced. So it's not yeah. like, the, the, like, they're just lovers. They're just having a fling. They're just, like, fucking each other. They're just, yeah. like, has... other words for porking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 I know you don't I like that, that description. Word. My jaw clicked because I just liked it so much. Um, <laughs> Even his apartment is like the ultimate bachelor pad. Yeah. Like, oh my god, his apartment. Oh. What's your favorite thing in the movie? Please don't say this, Andrew. <laughs> Boing. <laughs> You've ruined it for me now. Thank you. Um, I don't know. So I love his performance. And I love the visual style. And I love... I do love the kind of procedural aspect of it as well. <sighs> I'm going to go for his performance because it is so manic, but not... It works. Yeah. You know what I mean? It works in this movie completely. And uh, he's just great anyways. And I, it's just so funny. He looks so different in the Circle of Rouge. Like, Very Aaron Sorkin performance of walking and talking. Uh, oh, yeah. Around. There's actually quite a lot of walking and talking. Like, the amount of movement in this yeah. is really quite impressive. And you're right that it's not perfect, but it's not bad. Yeah. You know, and like, so some of the, the, the angles are, are really fabulous. And 
Um, there's a lot of style in in the way this is shot as well, and yeah. it just it looks fabulous. Um, but yeah, I just I I just love him, and he is so Italian. Like it's it's. I glorious. love the scene when he's the, uh, <clears throat> calling your man out for accusing him outside in the corridor that he brings him out, so everybody can hear. And your man like, Shh, don't shush me, <laughs> <laughs> like really obviously, and yeah. they all peek out. <laughs> um, yeah, I, he's just he's fantastic, and I did love that little uh, little. Uh, scarf that he had on as well it was really lovely it's like a controlled but manic at the same time yeah it's the kind of performance it's that a I, hard thing to do like, it's a hard it's the kind of performance that it was needed i think for the character of eddie Mannix in hill caesar oh. like that's what it, especially because Mannix was a kind of a fucked up character as well in real life so i thought yeah, that like it's if quite some, straight like, really and yeah, the like, yeah. but if if you had this kind of demented, but also kind of like efficiency, and that uh, you keep the ball moving or whatever, not the kind of like bumbling idiot that uh, Josh Brolin is in yeah. that movie. Yeah, with the weird sort of like, and that would have been funny when encountered with the Catholicism as yeah. well. And he's constantly, you know what I mean, like while also being this maniac, you know, it would have fit more. He seems almost a bit quaint yeah. or something. But um, I still like that movie though. Um... My favorite <laughs> thing. <laughs> Sorry, my favorite thing in the movie is probably a cinematography mm-hmm. uh, even though like I said uh, it doesn't exactly swing for defenses but at the same time it's not lazy either it's uh, mm-hmm. very very much well, uses the architecture yeah. that it's shot in as well like there's the one where the, the big circular concrete things it's this beautiful low angle and he walks into it and yeah. walks out of the frame it's oh it's lovely yeah it would be uh, a combination of cinematography and blocking because mm-hmm. the the, the this film has uh, it kind of jumps it's uh, one of the few films that I've seen this way that has a lot of uh, um, ensemble uh, staging that be a lot of people on the frame acting together and the camera it's kind of almost still or if mm. it's not still it's moving to keep everybody in frame so it's the blocking that is leading the camera work or your eyes in the scene that you're editing the film with your own eyes because mm. it's like somebody talks and you move to that person so and at the same time you have like like quasi-expressionistic uh visions of like this italy that exists but doesn't exist that it seems oh, to yeah, exist yeah, yeah. purely like in the, celluloid the big groups and like when they're all yeah. like around the guy and he's sitting with the champagne and like they're cr- you know it's, oh, it's really well done but now after rewatching persona for last week's episode every movie i feel like needs a, a shot of the of the the fucking team making the movie just going <laughs> <laughs> every movie could be improved yeah. by that yes uh, what's your least favorite thing the middle because i feel it does it does fall down a little yeah. and it loses its momentum it which, sags a bit yeah like and i think that maybe in another movie that would be fine but in this because the bookends are so great and really yeah. really really grips you that you just pull it back but it never quite gets back to where it was in the first kind of like third so um yeah that's a bit disappointing but um it's quite long so i think yeah. he could have tightened this movie definitely but um i did really love it well, I, I think uh, that if the ending was better, the middle wouldn't have sagged as much. I think it's because they, the end, especially when I say, like, I didn't feel that it sagged as much as you did, but I feel it's because I didn't know where the film was going. Yeah. Is that if the if the build up had continued and continued and you had a, like a more satisfying ending, I would have like, because everything is like part of getting there. 
Yeah. That's what, like my issue I have with the ending. But my least favorite thing is the soundtrack, just because of how distracting it was. Yeah. And no, that's and fair. It, and that's it fair. Pains me to say that yeah. because I'm a huge like I do not like the film The Mission, and I watch it just to hear Gabriel's oboe because it's one of the most beautiful pieces of music. And usually the only cro- uh, like criticism that you can level to Ennio Morricone is that his music often becomes it's repetitive from one movie to the next. Mm. That he uses like similar of... themes. It's more to the fact that he the, he scored something like three hundred movies. So yeah. like it's more like there's period be, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, there's gonna be overlap there. And usually the 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 poor music is for <laughs> the films that have been forgotten for good reason as well. Because obviously, if you fucking score three hundred movies, is not all. There's gonna uh, be a few dogs. Once upon there. a time in the West. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I think, but all the memorable movies that have, have remained, like Cinema Paradiso, fucking mm. like movies that you just sit and go like can't wait to listen to the score as well as watch the movie that they're always it's been, part of it yeah. very much part of the experience yeah and not in the same way as other like something like james horner that you love the music but it's because the music and the moment have to go together like there's very few fucking composers that you can have fucking metallica doing a cover of like a soundtrack and like being this in a heavy metal scenario and people going like yeah fucking Eddie morricone <laughs> um okay and that's my my <laughs> final statement okay uh, <laughs> so that was investigation of a citizen above suspicion um also known as the surgeon um i love that <laughs> like the guy her neighbor is a surgeon fabulous um, oh he's above suspicion <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's a very interesting class kind of thing in this as well but um yeah it's it's just wonderful and uh i think criterion released us because there's some really really nice criterion uh posters um and i think the version i had was like restored or something so um i think there are like nice versions of it also dubbing or the you know the design yeah. the, you know, yeah, not, not, so not, so kind of not the worst not yeah. the worst so um definitely seek it out because it's just oh it's great it's a romp as ricardo said um, okay i can imagine if somebody made the the remake it would be would cast James Woods because he is the character, but James Woods is so stupid that he wouldn't like realize and play the character without any irony. In a William William Peterson kind of way. Uh, oh my god, we need like I need a time machine to go back and hire William Friedkin to make fucking to live and die in LA too um, <laughs> above suspicions. Yeah, so Karen, uh, where can they find us? They can find us on Facebook, The Recommendation Game, on Twitter, at The Right Game, on Gmail, The Recommendation Game, or gmail.com. You can find us also on the Dublin Digital Radio Mixcloud and their website. And if you want to support independent Irish radio, you can donate to the uh, Dublin Digital Radio Patreon. Very good. Next week's film is Ricardo's Pick. Yes, it it is not the film the sequel to Battlestar Galactica. They've got very similar names, okay? Uh, uh, one is like fucking Kaipirin or something like. Uh, is what is it called? It's a uh, called. I have Capricorn in my head, but I know it's not Capricorn one. It is like Capricorn. Yeah. Uh, it Anyways, it's Gattaca. Yeah. So not the same. Yeah, the one with Ethan Hawke and Jude Law. Okay, okay. Don't, okay. let's, let's okay. not watch the wrong movie, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it had to happen at some point um, <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, I was Oren Martinez and I was Ricardo Deacon <laughs> thanks for listening 
See you. Ciao. 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 Ciao.